I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here. Good morning. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 658. Since I've heard it, Candy Satin kicking us off. Young Hearts Run Free this Monday morning. How are we doing? Sinead Brazel here with you. If you'd like to get in touch about anything, you know I love to hear from you. 086 1800 658. What a brilliant weekend I had. I have to give out a big shout out to the brilliant families that we met on Saturday at our screening of the Minions Rise of Gru movie. That was at the Omniplex Deluxe venue in Drogheda. They were celebrating their second birthday and they very kindly gave us a screen to show this movie to you all. And um, I know Niall and myself just had such a brilliant morning and we've heard from so many of the children after the movie as well who gave their views so you can listen out to yourselves on Friday you're going to be the stars of the show on Friday on Real Reviews as well so thank you so much for that and um, what a great oh my goodness me listen I think you know we're we're sending Niall O'Brien to just you know too much luxury every week when he goes to the Omniplex Deluxe venue because that was my first experience of it I hadn't been to the cinema in ages and went in and it's just like it's pure luxury you would spend the day there you really would like electric reclining leather seats so much foot room in there as well I mean really and he calls us he says that he has a hard job I mean seriously We'll have to have a word with him about that. But it was absolutely brilliant. Um, really, really great. So big, big thank you to Omniplex Deluxe Venue there in Drogheda for that, for allowing us to take over that screening and to you guys for coming along. It was just lovely to meet you all. And as I say, Friday will be the day that you can hear yourselves back on Real Review Reviews uh, with Niall O'Brien. I also took a trip over to Newbridge House and Gardens. It's around kind of in between sort of Dunabate, kind of Lusk area, that area. Uh, for the Flavours of Fingal show, which I completely forgot until Saturday, kind of late that it was on. And I was like, oh, yeah, we must tip over to this. And oh, my God, it's huge. They put on such an amazing event there. So much to see, so much to eat and drink, so much to do. Plenty of entertainment there as well. Oh my goodness me. Very, very well organised. I'll definitely be back to it next year. Really well. Now, there was so much as well. 
for the kids to do and I as a result kind of missed out on a lot of the music and food because I was watching my son do you know about 2000 somersaults and all the various bouncy things that were around there oh my gosh uh, but we did catch a really brilliant magician called Jack Wise and he was absolutely brilliant and I always hate when I'm part of the routine I, I always sort of duck you know when they ask for somebody like a volunteer in the audience it's like no don't pick me whereas my husband is like pick me pick me he is that fella that'll get up no bother to him I don't like it I'm like very like no but anyway uh, Jack Wise uh, came over took a tenor off me and he told me to write my name on the tenor so I did and I watched him set this tenor on fire and I'm going okay <laughs> I know it's a tenor, but you know, I kind of want it back there, Jack. Uh, and he kind of made a crack at this throughout the whole show. And he was very, very funny, I have to say. But he produced the tenor from a locked box at the end of the show. And I'm just mind blown. When I, I know it's all misdirection and I know it's all smoke and mirrors and all of that, but it's amazing. It is amazing. It really was brilliant. Um, so well, well done to everybody involved in the organisation of the Flavours of Fingal show. Absolutely brilliant. Great day out. Uh, definitely going to be back again next year. Now, getting back to today and to the show, we all know we are such fans of normal people. And Paul Meskell's chain got a lot of attention, but also his GAA shorts got a lot of attention. So much so that Gucci even <laughs> jumped on board the, the, the Connell's shorts uh, situation and created their own. Well, now, and I think this is such a fishing end to these iconic shorts because uh, now they're going under the hammer to raise funds for filmmakers in the Ukraine. I'm going to be chatting to writer and director Orla Murphy. She set this whole thing in motion. I'm going to be chatting to her. She also set up an organization organisation along with some fellow Irish filmmakers here. It's called Irish Filmmakers Support, support supporting filmmakers, international filmmakers basically and it's all about them raising money and funds to support filmmakers in Ukraine who are documenting the war, some of them, uh, others obviously fleeing their homeland so it's all about this uh, but what a fitting end for Connell Shorts. So we'll be chatting to Orla very very shortly but first it's back to the music. Sam Smith, I'm not the only one on LMFM's 11 to 1. Things are still all white at Wimbledon, but should they be? There's a lot of female tennis players and just female sports athletes in general speaking out about this and the fact that Wimbledon is still, you know, telling people to wear the all white. Uh, We're going to be chatting about this just after these. 11 to 1 with Strawberries and cream and players all in white. Some traditions when it comes to Wimbledon don't change, but perhaps they should. And I'm talking about the fact that uh, this uh, idea of all of the the players wearing white. There's a lot of female uh, tennis players that are speaking out about this. And, you know, it's something that I always kind of thought of myself, you know, when watching female athletes, you know, and females in any sort of sport, really. I always wondered how they manage, you know, to perform at their peak level and at their best when they're on their period and particularly when it comes to Wimbledon and the fact that they have to wear all white I mean most women you know that uh, uh, that I know definitely and, and and definitely myself when it comes to your period you're not really exactly looking to wear white all the time and there's growing unease now uh, amongst the players because uh, of this all white rule um, so and you'd imagine you know if you're to do the maths like there's a significant number of players involved here you know uh, do the maths there's a lot of them that are probably going to be on their period at the time uh, that they'll be expected to play now this came up on Twitter 
And uh, really, I suppose you could describe this as being, you know, this stubborn taboo on, uh, you know, discussing menstruation as a fact, a factor in, in women's sport. Um, they say this particular tweet, definitely something that affects female athletes, not to mention the mental stress of having to wear all white at Wimbledon and pray. This is it. Now, the all white, by the way, was brought in because they you know, were sort of saying it masks sweat stains. This was kind of. I mean, when you think about it, you know what I mean? This is kind of where the idea sort of came from. Let's put them all in whites. Um, you know, like really, I can't, I don't know if I can imagine, you know, people talking about the fact that, well, what about period stains and the all whites? It's not really going to work for you too much. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the movie as well that uh, a lot of people are referencing when regarding to, to, to speaking about this is uh, the film Turning Red that Niall O'Brien would have spoken about on this show. And, you know, this movie, uh, well, first of all, Disney, let's say, tackling this idea of, of, of periods in a, in a mainstream sort of way. And this idea as well that, you know, you, Turning Red... Uh, really reminded us that a period can come up obviously at any and every time and often inconvenient times in your life. So, you know, you're going into one of the biggest days of your life that you've prepared for so, so much and your period strikes basically. It could be particularly heavy and now you're forced to wear all white. Talk about stressed through the roof here. You know what I mean? Uh, Also, British player... Heather Watson said, uh, you know, that she's probably going to go on the pill just to skip her period for Wimbledon. Not exactly an ideal scenario, not something that a GP, I'd imagine, would recommend an awful lot of the time doing this. Wondering what your views are on this Wimbledon and the all white. Should that be ditched, done away with? Should they be allowed to wear whatever colours they want? I mean, uh, the the United States Open, uh, they were the first to permit kits of different colours. A lot of people followed suit after that. Should Wimbledon just get on with things now and follow suit? Should we get rid of these all whites uh, for people? I uh, would love to hear your views on this. 86 658 Loving that one, Dermot Kennedy. Something to someone on LMFM's 11 to 1. We're talking about Wimbledon being too uppity, is what I'm going to say now. To change the all-white clothing and particularly female athletes are talking about this, female tennis players are talking about this, this idea of, you know, this all-white wearing the all-white and how it impacts on them, particularly when they are experiencing their period. Uh, Edel says on 86 658 double reinforcements if you get my drift, Sinead. Yeah, I do get your drift and this is the panic, isn't it? You know? And like, how long are those games as well? And is there breaks where you can run out? Oh, here, I don't even want to like try and wrap my head around that. That's an absolute nightmare situation. Um, Deb says, Sinead, nightmare having to wear skimpy shorts and they're white uh, on your period. Definitely do away with it. Somebody else here saying, get on with it. Something I've heard a lot throughout my sporting career, often from female coaches. It's extremely debilitating and it does affect performance, says this message. This idea of get on with it. I actually, I remember as well when I used to swim quite regularly and, you know, definitely when you're swimming, you don't want to be worrying about, you know, tampons and all sorts of things happening when it's your time in the month. I used to just not go to swimming, basically. And uh, I heard that a lot myself. Get on with it now. Just get on with it, you know. And you're never going to feel like getting into a swimsuit, I feel anyway, when it comes to, you know, your, your period. Definitely not. I don't even know how, let's say, female athletes work around that. I'm presuming they do have methods of working around it. Uh, 086 658 Keep your comments coming in to me there. 
Now, the infamous GAA shorts that Paul Meskel, a.k.a. Connell, from Normal People wore, is, uh, they caused a frenzy at the time. Well, now they're going to be helping a great cause because they're going under the hammer to raise money for Ukrainian filmmakers. I'm going to find out more all about this with writer-director Orla Murphy, who's organising this auction. She's going to join me after these. 11 to 1. When Paul Meskel took to the pitch in Normal People in his now infamous GAA shorts, he sent the world into a frenzy. But now the shorts, along with a signed script of the first episode of Normal People and other memorabilia from the multi-award winning series, will go under the hammer to raise money for Ukrainian filmmakers. The idea came about as writer-director Orla Murphy was watching in horror as images came through on her social media feed from her colleagues in Eastern Europe as the war unfolded in Ukraine. She felt compelled to do something to help and then after enlisting the support of fellow filmmakers here, the Irish filmmaker supporting filmmakers internationally was born. Joining me now to tell us more about this is writer-director Orla Murphy. How are you doing, Orla? Hi, good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great um, to have I'm you. Fine. Uh, I'm, listen, I'm so grateful to you for having me on to talk about the auction. Um, the campaign happened, as you said, just out of simple... Uh, feelings that I think most people in the country would have felt of solidarity and respect, but particularly because uh, people we knew um, uh, that myself and some colleagues knew um, had decided, uh, chosen to stay and in Kiev and in, in various other parts of Ukraine and document uh, what's going on. And they're still there. Wow. Uh, they've had to leave their families. They've had to, you know, they can't disclose the locations they're working in. And they're they're gathering, I suppose, uh, in some sense, they're gathering evidence of what's going on because I think we all know that there, you know some people still say World War Two, the, the concentration camps didn't happen. Um, you know, mm. they did, but the fact is there isn't an awful lot of uh, documentation. So these people are gathering evidence. But I think, as Daria in Docu Days, one of the charities we're donating, said, they're also gathering things which will become part of films, which will you know, talk about this unique moment in European history. So it's incredibly brave what they're doing. I don't know that I'd be so brave myself, but we felt we wanted to do something. So we found two charities um, and we ran a number of events. And this is our our last event, in fact. Uh, The charity is DocuDays, which is a very well-respected documentary festival. And they have a fund where people can just apply for the cost towards towards things like um, hard drives and batteries, very mundane things that you need to film. But that costs an awful lot of money when you have to get them across a border in a, in a country that's being invaded. Uh, and the other charity is uh, the International Coali- Coalition uh, for uh, of Filmmakers at Risk, which is open to not just uh, Ukrainian uh, filmmakers, but also filmmakers in Russia and Belarus who, for whatever reason... Um, at this point in history feel they need to leave because the costs of visas, etc., are in euros. They're prohibitively expensive. It can cost up to 1000 to 1500 just for one person to secure the necessary permission and, and documentation to leave. So uh, we feel uh, the Screen Directors Guild of Ireland supported us mm-hmm. to uh, send the donations on. We already raised about €10,000. And then amazing. Element Pictures and Lenny Abramson uh, heard about this because I think I spoke at the director's AGM this year and Lenny 
sits on the board along with all these other uh, good work and they offered us these three amazing lots and I mean they are completely iconic you know any I if it's a business person or a private person you know they're they're a specific moment in Irish history because they were they hit the pandemic 62 million people streamed this show on the BBC and on RT and then it went on to America to Hulu Hulu um, and Paul Meskel has actually had his star rise and rise and rise and it's going to continue to rise because he's a fantastic actor um, and he's won a BAFTA he's won an IFTA the production itself won nine IFTAs it's been nominated for BAFTAs for IFTAs for Golden Globes uh, so really I suppose what I would say to anybody out there this is a show that was iconic. These items are unique and you'd be owning a piece of television and social history in Ireland, but you'd also be contributing to the documentation of European history. So there aren't many auctions that give you the opportunity to do all those things and have all the people who love uh, normal people come to your come visit your business as well. <laughs> this is it. And like you, you, you described it so well there because, you know, like when he did take to the field in these shorts and then of course yeah. Paul Meskel was spotted in an LA wearing the shorts and then Gucci came on board with this as well. I mean, talk about like, you, the, the shorts have had a story in themselves, have, a journey, have, haven't they? Having a moment, I think, is the, is <laughs> yeah. the parlance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the script is gorgeous. And Daisy Edgar Jones plays Marianne. The, you know, he the 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 co lead, and Lenny have signed that script. And the book as well is unique because it's a hardback script, but also the photography of Enda Bow who photographed the entire series. And because this was a pandemic series, mm. they didn't actually do posters or artwork or anything like this. So this is the only thing of its kind there is. So, you know, um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to have them. I'd love to have them. I'd love to have them. If you're interested, it's a timed auction and it's on seanequitauctions.com. Yes. And that is S-E-A-N, Sean, and E-A-C-R-E-T-T, auctions.com. Um, if you just put in Paul Maskell or normal people, you will you will go straight see the to that straight away. And, and how are the bids going? The bids Do we know how the bids are going? Sorry, sorry. Do we know? Do we know how the bids are going so far? Because this uh, opened last, last week. It looks, there was five hundred on the short, okay, sixty on the on the script, and one. I think I think one eighty or something on the book. Okay, so big so, demand. I mean, people can buy them individually or together. I, my feeling is it's going to be possibly a business that buys them all. Yes, or a private collector that buys them all. I mean, I would say the thing is with Paul Maskell. Um, you know, he's already been in a Cannes uh, winner this year. He's, mm-hmm. he's in numerous productions that are about to hit the screens. So it's kind of a bit like owning something Colin Farrell had in, in his first breakout movie with Tom Cruise. You yes. Know, it's not yes. going to... It's not going to do anything but appreciate. Oh, that. it really will. It's only going to go up in value. It really is. And if people yeah, want to... We're s- so grateful because this is not something that Element or Lenny make a habit of doing at no. all. You know, um, and it is incredibly generous thing to do, um, to give it to us. So I, I think up until now, the 10000 we raised came essentially from the Irish film and TV community. We mm-hmm. got donations from 10 or to 1000 
We got all the all the um, industry bodies, Screen Producers Ireland, Spy, Women in Film. They all supported, but so did individual crew members. And this now is our kind of request to the public to say, look, if you care about freedom of press, if you care about what's going on there and you want to give a morale boost as much as anything else, yes. you know, because they're so happy that people are, when we asked them, we said, okay, we, we don't think we can get loads of money to you. And they said, but we need awareness. We need mm. people to know. I mean, we asked that question 128 days ago, you know. Yeah. Um, I know when you put it like that, it's, it's oh. you know, and, and they said awareness. And, and so this is to keep awareness because there are people here now, obviously, lots of women and children, Ukrainian filmmakers here. And I've yes. met quite a few of them uh, trying to make a life, um, just trying to live like everybody else. Um, and it's it's their husbands and and sons and 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 fathers in some cases who 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 are not, you know, no more than your neighbours or my na- or, or your part. They're not they're not soldiers, mm. but mm. they are being put in the situation of of having to stay. So um, we were very determined that this would be apolitical, which is why it's going to both sides, if you like. Yes. Um, but the only way I suppose we can show our support to witness um, what's going on is through this. So Absolutely. And and if people want to just simply donate, can they do that? If people would like to donate, I think I will I will put uh, I think you have our, our press release with yep. all the details. If you could put that on, on your site and I will we will tweet it out after this. Um, it's possible to make individual donations to these um, to those charities. Yes. Um, our our donation, our GoFundMe is 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 not is no longer active because you know we want to draw a line under it. Mm-hmm. But it would say you know um, club together and buy buy one of them. You know, yeah, you'd absolutely. Be surprised. You know, a local social club. You'd be surprised. I know those sound like high, but they're not that. I mean, it's a thousand for the three of them. I think it's probably worth about. 10 times that. Yeah, it you know, really I, is. It really to is. Be on, to, be, to be clear, I think Paul's chain was auctioned for <laughs> 17 was. or 70,000 or some insane amount of money there, you know. So. Yes. So the, 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 you, as you say, they're only going to kind of increase in value. They really are. I've no doubt, Orla, that you're going to raise so much money and you're raising so much awareness for the brave filmmakers that have stayed in Ukraine. I think what you've done with the organisation as well, you know, getting the, the Irish filmmakers together to support filmmakers internationally is, is really an amazing thing to do. And also to, to Lenny and everybody in uh, in Element Pictures to, to, as you say, give this gesture of, of the items is a pretty amazing. I, I want to thank you so, so much for joining me today and for sharing this. No, thank you very much for having us. And I hope someone, I hope someone out there is uh, listening out there today is, is, is the lucky winner. I'd be very intrigued to see where it ends up. I might go and pay it a visit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely should because the story continues with regards to these shorts. Thank you so much, uh, writer-director Orla Murphy. She's the organiser of this auction. You can find out all of the details as we mentioned there. So we'll, we'll spell it out for you again. Okay, so it's Sean, so S-E-A-N and then E-A-C-R-E-T-T auctions. Okay, that's the name of the site.com. That's where you'll find all the details if you go on there and even just put in Paul Meskel or Connell or Shorts I'm sure it'll pop up for you it's open now 
and it's closing Sunday July 17th at 6pm so you've only got till then to get your bid in but imagine imagine owning all three or imagine just owning these iconic shorts and what a great way to pay tribute and raise awareness and raise funds for the amazing Ukrainian filmmakers who are there in Ukraine documenting the war so as I say it's closing on Sunday July 17th at 6pm 11 to 1 Time to go back in time today and there's only one thing we can talk about on the 4th of July. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 7744455. On this day in 1776, US Congress proclaims the Declaration of Independence and Independence from Great Britain. So it was drafted by Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin and others and proclaimed that the then 13 American colonies would no longer be subject or subordinate to the monarchy of Britain. And uh, apparently in a letter to his wife Abigail on the day before the historic vote, John Adams uh, said that I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. And it ought to be solemnised with pomp and parade, shows, games and sports and fanfare. So there you go, forevermore. And it is, of course, celebrated forevermore on the 4th of July. So there you go. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Dog days are over. News at 12 is on the way. But after that, should Wimbledon ditch the all-whites? Female tennis players think so. A film that has scenes shot in Dundalk will be screened at Galway Film Fla. More on that. Actor Wayne Byrne is going to join us with chatting about the Troubles, a Dublin story that's all to come. 11 to 1. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. Sinead Brazel here with you. There's George Ezra with Budapest. From Budapest to Wimbledon, if you missed this a little bit earlier on, we were talking about the fact that things are still all white at Wimbledon, but an awful lot of the female players don't like this and they are speaking out about it, particularly when it comes to menstruation and periods and having to wear white. And it's this idea of Wimbledon and the tradition and the, all that sort of thing. Should it be done away with this idea? idea of the white and um Catherine Whitaker, sorry, uh, she's a sports reporter. She says, uh, you know, uh, that she cannot imagine going into the biggest day of my life with my period and being forced to wear white. This is kind of, um, you know, sort of her views on, you know, women taking to Wimbledon to obviously play a match of their career, you know, huge training involved. And then if you do get your period, what if it's the, you know, very heavy as well and you're forced to wear these tiny, tiny white shorts? We're asking your views on this. A lot of men getting in touch, which is great. David says... um, Morning Sinead, us lads don't know how lucky we are. Sometimes the ladies wear sort of long underwear. My daughter wears them when playing camogie. He says, yeah, well, you see, this is the thing. There's all sorts of precautions that have to be taken with regards to this. Bernie's been on, she says... Sinead, they do have ways to ensure they won't have their period when playing Wimbledon. Wearing white goes back over 100 years. The wearing of white makes Wimbledon. Yeah, but you see, yes, I know what you're saying, Bernie, in that they take pills or they take whatever it is to make sure they don't have their period when when playing Wimbledon. Is that advisable by doctors? Probably not. Uh, You know, is this something that maybe 
they like again it shouldn't be that they have to do these things you know kind of messing with their hormones messing with their their cycle all of that just to wear white and the fact that it goes back over 100 years that makes it my point even more so that it should get time for a change I think I really do think it's all about this kind of idea of the pomp and ceremony and everything else that goes into Wimbledon and the white Uh, somebody else um, who's this Uh, this is Alfie Uh, he says uh, I don't know if you watch Wimbledon Sinead but if you see the toffs they wheel out when they're presenting the winner's prizes they would be more interested in their precious image than women's issues which is a pity they should be able to wear what they wish this is what I'm saying I really do think that they are more concerned with the image and this lovely clean looking white and uh, this is why I think that they they keep the white and uh, this is why women are, are, are given out about it particularly the, the players and as I mentioned there Heather Watson says she probably will just go on the pill just to skip her period for Wimbledon you know, is that advisable all the time? Probably not. Should she have to do that? Probably not, you know. Uh, definitely not. And if she was wearing, say, a different colour that wasn't bright white, you know, would she just go with the, the flow, literally? Yeah, I'm sure she probably would. Keep your views on this coming in. 86 658 The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. Machine Gun Kelly smashed a champagne glass on his head at his huge gig at Madison Square Garden. He sliced his own face open at the time and explains why he did it to Seth Meyers. You know when you uh, clink a champagne glass with a fork? To give people's attention, to start a toast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a fork. Okay. So I just clinked it on my head. Okay. In medicine, they call that asking for it. Rolling Stones have been back on stage for the British Summertime Festival at Hyde Park in London. Mick Jagger says he saw the amazing Rolling in Deep singer the night before and joked that he'd worn sparklier dresses than her. The band also played Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. The girls get to know the Casa Amor boys in Love Island, a brand new villa with six brand new boys and plenty of time to get to know each other. But the girls already have their eyes on a few favourites. When they walked in, I was just like... I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm like, do I record? Or like, do I just like talk to the girls? Do I like pretend they're not there? I was like, yeah, it's overwhelming, I've got to say. I'm like a kid in the candy store right now. I'm just like, mm, 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 mm. I'm not sure which one I want to try first. The Love Island gods have answered my prayers. They've sent me in six fresh, sexy new boys. It's like day one again, do you know what I mean? It feels like this is my time to get to know all these six guys and hopefully find a connection with one of the six. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Oh yes, it's heating up in Love Island. I told you the cast and more be coming back and it is going to cause ructions. You can be guaranteed of that. Now back to the music. Here's Louis Capaldi. There's Louis Capaldi. Hold me while you wait. I think I need somebody to hold me right now. Let me just give you a little peek behind the curtain of what's going on here in the studio. <laughs> oh my God. So, you know the way the uh, JP McManus Pro-Am is going on at a dare manner at the moment? Well, my dad, who is a major golf, you know, nerd, I'm going to say, and also my little brother uh, are there at the golf okay and I they were sending pictures earlier on going oh you know enjoy work and all these usual sneering things into the family WhatsApp group I said uh, joking 
Did you spot Bill Murray yet? Because he's there. There's loads of celebs there. That's what I, I'd be caring. Forget the golf. I'm there for the celebs. He sent me the most amazing picture of Bill Murray on the on the green. And it's so close. And I'm just like so, so jealous now. And he's taken a, a video of him as well. And I'm just like, go get him. Just get him. Get him and like send me his details. And we'll try and get an interview. How amazing would that be? But there you go. I mean, seriously, some people just have great lives. Like my little brother there at the golf. <laughs> just, you know, spotting Bill Murray there, strolling around the green. Absolutely brilliant. That's just what's going on here. Sorry. <laughs> As Louis Capaldi is going on. And uh, getting back to it, back to it, because we are talking about films. You know, we're keeping on the film strain here. But uh, I'm going to be chatting to actor... Wayne Byrne, he is starring in a brilliant new film that's going to be screened at the uh, Galway Film Flat this week. It's called The Troubled, a Dublin Story. A lot of the scenes were shot around the Dundalk area. This is the film that could, let me tell you, because they had everything from a pandemic to no funding, uh, just so many different challenges in the production of this. And judging from the trailer, it's absolutely Smashing! I can't believe that it didn't have funding or anything. It looks like a really big budget production. It's going to be incredible. We're going to chat to Wayne Byrne all about this movie. It's called The Troubles, a Dublin story. We'll chat to him after these. 11 to 1. A powerful feature film centering on two working class brothers who in the 1980s become enraged by the death of Bobby Sands, seek to enlist in the IRA and then get sucked into a world they are not prepared for with dire consequences. The film is set to be screened at this year's Galway Film Fla. It's called The Troubles, a Dublin story and it's already being described by critics as a drama that really knows when to pull its punches. It was filmed during lockdown with a very talented and determined cast and crew without industry funding so this movie faced an awful lot of challenges in its productions. Uh, some of the scenes were shot in the Dundalk area, which is great. We have a lovely local connection to this. And I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by one of the main actors in this talented ensemble. Wayne Byrne is on the line. How are you doing, Wayne? Hi, Sinead. How are you? And uh, thanks for having, having me on to... Uh all your production team and all your listenership. Oh, listen, it's great to, to have you because I only watched the trailer uh, for this this morning, was completely sucked into it. I mean, talk about being transported back into the height of the troubles. And, you know, I only have like memories, you know, flashes of memories, even from news reports and things like that from that time. But my God, that really, it just sucks you in that trailer straight into it, doesn't it? It does. I mean, that's one of the challenges of, of production, um, particularly without funding is to try and bring an audience back to that time frame with uh with the environment with you know costume and cars and um just just the atmosphere of 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 what it was like back then um so that was a challenge but uh thankfully due to our our amazing cast and crew we uh we were able to achieve that with um not very much to go on but uh we did it yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to chat to you about that as well. Now, it was written and directed by Luke Hanlon, uh, but tell us, where did the inspiration from this for the story come from? Well, um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a family-based drama with the backdrop of, of, of the Troubles, and, you know, a, a concept comes from the mind of a writer and a director, Luke, who has uh, done a fantastic job in writing um, the piece. Uh, we started out with the concept trailer, and the, uh, the idea grew, and uh, he tormented himself with the script and back and forth and changing things and eventually got to a piece where he felt happy that he wanted to proceed and we pulled together and banded together and that's what we, we achieved uh, as a result. So, yeah, from one man's mind comes uh, such a 
an amazing piece of piece of work. It really does, yeah. And you know, like it's an aspect of the troubles that's not explored as much. This idea of you know what was going on in, in the north of Ireland, how it affected you know the the south and particularly Dublin, and how it impinged on families like the two brothers who are at the centre of this. Yeah, uh, like again, when we speak to people about the film, and even you know during and before before we shot the film. Uh, people automatically thought that, oh, it's about the trouble. So, you know, as an actor, oh, how's your Belfast accent? And, you know, uh, trying to get their head around the fact that, okay, we understand the bulk of the troubles um, did, uh, you know, happen in the north of the country. But this is about how it affected the rest of the country and in particular Dublin and what went on in Dublin. So it, it delves into that and it touches on things which aren't explored before in film. So it's a very interesting um, and a very deep narrative. Um, and again, a lot of research went into it. Um, we spoke with a lot of people, and you know, uh, about getting the setting right. And you know, Luke went into a lot of uh, a lot of corners and a lot of some dark corners to find the, the story and speak about it because um, it is a narrative that we do want to have people discuss and talk about because um, it wasn't spoken about. It was known, but not spoken about very often, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we mentioned the two brothers. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the plot of this. So you have the two brothers. They sort of get caught up in a world that they're really not ready for. Well, I mean, the, the two brothers, they are Dublin working class brothers. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're two typical Dublin brothers. They love each other and they hate each other. And, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they go along that, um, along that narrative. And, uh Look, being the early 80s the way it was and, you know, there was a lot of unemployment around mm. and particularly in working class areas. So they obviously, as, as, as much as the entire world was at the time, they were absolutely, you know, um, encapsulated by what was happening in the north, particularly around the hunger strike and um, particularly around the, the death of the hunger strikers, you know, with, with, with Bobby Sands being the focal point. So seeing this and like many um, young teen and young man and woman in, in, in Dublin at the time, they, they were absolutely enraged and they, uh, they felt an urge to help and to get involved and try and make a change and make a difference. And uh, that's the path they took and <laughs> without giving away yeah. much of the film, uh, it does go into their journey and what happened and who they met along the way and what the result was, you know. Yeah, and you are one of the characters that they meet along the way. You play Declan. So tell us a little bit about him now. Again, I know you don't want to give too much away, but tell us a little bit about Declan and kind of how did the brothers kind of cross paths with him? Well, uh, Declan comes from the, one of the main points of the story that Luke had written. And uh, he's a character that they reach out to and um, they want to get involved in, in, in making a change, um, again, without giving away too much. So um, they meet the character, and the character takes them on a, a winding road, which takes them to a, a dark place. And, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it develops from there, but it is an up-and-down story, and there are 
you know, uh, sharp turns and etc. Mm. etc. Et I'm trying my best. You're to. doing really well. You're doing really well trying to keep it very general. No, yeah. I know because you don't want to spoil too much of this. No. But uh, let's just say your character it starts out one way and maybe turns another way by by the end of it. And these these two brothers get kind of caught up in what you're at. Let's just say, yeah. Um, but uh, tell us about the rest of the cast because you have some really talented people working on this. And I know I recognise quite a few faces there from the trailer. A lot of talent there working on this yeah I mean again you know we, we, sometimes with film um, and particularly with the general audience they, they will see somebody that they've never seen before and um, you know suddenly they're an overnight success but yeah. a lot of people working on this including the crew have a lot of time um, behind the, the wheel uh, in terms of their craft between you know camera sound light um, production design um, and then obviously the craft of acting. So they've been in, they've been at the game for a while. It's just it's the opportunity sometimes which they lack. So this production has given every single person on the cast and crew that opportunity to really shine and show what they're capable of. Because sometimes, as great as our industry is, sometimes it can be a bit of a closed uh, circuit, and to, mm. to break into that can be difficult. So that um, that's something that you know uh, when everybody got involved they knew from from the script and the strength of it how much this was going to do for them and and here we are now and it's doing great things and and we hope it goes on to do to do more you know oh i i really have no doubt it will and you know we we talked about um you know some of the challenges which i want to get into but you did shoot some of the scenes around and dock we did and uh, and and again like you know excuse me for for for, for a shout out to uh, the residents of new street and obviously the town council they they, they gave us a road closure and the uh, allowed filmmaker society who um gave us great help on on the day that we shot there so i mean um, yeah big thanks to to those people involved because we, we we shut the street down for the day we took it back in time to the 80s we had vehicles from uh, uh from from gildare army vehicles from kildare uh, we had um or an old ruc uh land rover of the period from belfast come down and uh, we had some of the residents uh we had some extras we turned the street into a riot zone and um, we were in and out in a day and we cleaned up and we were genuflected on the way out. We were so, so happy and very thankful and grateful for the people in New Street to, to allow us to do that on the day. And, and uh, thanks to them because they, they are part of, of our story uh, within the story of making a film. So we're great, very grateful for that. Absolutely, and you know the the fact that you know Dundalk, obviously, so close to the north and everything. I, I and and I suppose you could say uh, so close to to Dublin as well in terms of all of this. Um, but you know the production, you face a lot of challenges. I mean, you're talking there about you know the, all the vehicles that you managed to get down, the road closures, and all the rest of it. But you had no funding. Uh, you had to shoot in a lockdown as well. There's been numerous challenges on this. Oh, I mean, every step of the way, a new hurdle cropped up, and. Uh you know, we, we just powered through and we got it done. And, you know, we, we had such a, a mindset that, uh, uh, because, again, at the start, we had a lot of interest in funding and things were going great. And then COVID hit. And naturally, investors, you know, they got cold feet for obvious reasons and they backed out. Um, our director and writer, he went through, jumped through, I don't know how many hoops to try and get industry funding. And um, you're talking 30-page submissions and, um, look, we understand it's a, it's a very difficult market to break yeah. into and, you know, it's very difficult to get funding and sometimes your story doesn't suit and, you know, they're, they're highly competitive. But it didn't stop them trying. He powered on and, you know, when we realised 
we didn't have anything to work with other than our own belief and our own talent and resource. We met together, crew, crew and cast, about 40 people, and we decided, look, let's get this done. Um, so we, we, you know, we, 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 we towed the line with COVID in terms of safety and making sure everything was, was done as it should be. And, mm-hmm. and we had a couple of weekends that we called off because we had some near misses. We had some people who had symptoms. We, we, we got them tested. It turned out to be uh, negative. So we, we'd run it again the following weekend and we'd get that done. And, and before we knew it, we, we had a number of weeks and months pass by and we, we got to our final scenes and our pickups. And then we had it in the can. <laughs> so, had it in the can. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, so, so, yeah, so, so it, it was, look, it was disappointing that we, we didn't get funding. But, um, you know, for any filmmaker out there, if, if you don't succeed with funding, don't let it stop you, you know, um, there are ways and means. Yeah. You can get it done. You, all you need is the right people behind you and the right team. And once you have that, it's never it's never the efforts of one solo person. It really is a team effort. And everybody puts so much with the with the crew and the cast. They really, really punched above their weight and delivered. And uh, we're, we're just so grateful that we, we were able to meet those people on that journey. Yeah, and and get to where it is now, you know. Absolutely. Talk about labour of love, really and truly. And, you know, despite the setbacks, things are looking really positive. You were screening at the Galway Film Flad this week on the 8th, which is amazing. And you've also had offers of worldwide distribution, which is really, really incredible. Yeah, I mean, I mean to have that come in and, 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 and the world, worldwide distribution offer is not something that we take lightly because the offer came in on the rough cut. So for your audience, <laughs> that's like having your film you know, not ready uh, for screening, no no music and yeah. no high edit and no credits. This is just, a, you know, a raw... It's a bare bones thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a bare bones and for for a, for a fairly sizable um, distribution company to see the rough cut and offer you on the spot worldwide distribution is is an amazing compliment to have. So we, um, we're we on a great footing before we even uh, got, to the, got to the finish line. So that's that's been brilliant, you know. So um, I, I, I expect that we're going to go on to do great things across the globe with this because it is a, a very interesting narrative, one that America will be interested in. Yes, definitely. Hey, um, Australia, anywhere where you've got a huge diaspora of Irish that went to those countries for, because of the troubles, then they're going to be very interested because this will be like um, a step back in time for them to to what it was like and uh, maybe maybe part of, of their story ties into ours. So we, yeah. you never know. You never know, absolutely. I have no doubt that it's going to do really well. I'm going to watch this space with regards to, because I know you're hoping that it might get screened locally at some point uh, in the future. But for now, you're on to the Galway Film Fla and who knows what's next. Wayne, it's been just wonderful chatting to you. I wish you the very best of luck, yourself and Luke and everybody involved in this. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Sinead, thank you. And once again, a huge thanks to your listenership and your production team. Uh, It's been a pleasure being on the show. And if you're in Galway on the night, uh, on Friday, uh, the Palace Cinema at 9.15, come along. Um, I'm not too sure if there are going to be many tickets left, but uh, you don't want to miss this one. It's um, it's going to be a blast. And uh, thanks again for your time. Much appreciated. Not at all. Not at all. Wayne Byrne there. He is, I've no doubt this film is going to do really, really well. It's going to premiere at this year's Galway Film Flat at the Palace Cinema, as he said, on Friday at a quarter past nine. But do watch this space. And uh, I know, no doubt a lot of people from Dundalk that might have popped up as extras there might be interested as well in, in checking this out. Uh, but it's called The Troubles, a Dublin story. 11 to 1. There's Counting Crows, Big Yellow Taxi on your LMFM 11 to 1. Now it's time for this. 
LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Now, Denny Furniture Design requires a cabinet making general operative with two years experience. Please email dannyfurnituredesign at gmail.com. Loud Fades, the gentlemen's barber shop have full and part-time positions available for fully qualified barbers. You can apply to loudfades at gmail.com. So L-O-U-D-F-A-D-E-S at gmail.com. And Bakehouse Cafe at the Home Bakery requires a day chef in the Dundalk area. Please apply to jobs at thehomebakery.ie. And don't forget, all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Your daughters. Want to just mention this? Um, I uh, had mentioned it last week, but just want to remind people that um, we have a new online radio station, and it's uh, LMFM's Pride Vibes, and it's live at the moment. So it's playing the biggest hits and shining a light on Irish life with conversations around the issues that matter. So they're uh, counting down to parades and celebrations across Ireland on this as well, and you can find out all the details. PrideVibes.ie. Okay, you can get it on the website or the app as well, or PrideVibes.ie. And this is uh, supported by Valterol, the joy of movement. So there you go. Pride Vibes is live. And I know there's going to be a lot of celebrations around the northeast region over the next couple of weeks for Pride. And we'll keep you updated on that. Going to take a quick break and we're back with Picture This. 11 to 1. Just getting back to one or two messages on Wimbledon and this is coming in saying um, that, uh, oh, this is coming in from David. He said he had to pick up her, his daughter after training, after he dropped her off. Uh, she obviously got her period wasn't aware and was you know he's in his words she destroys herself god help her she was so upset i got my jacket and put it around her not nice for any person to deal with really it's not it's not and this is kind of you know why i just feel that you know wimbledon are just kind of going along with something from traditions from years ago and not actually you know maybe moving on now at the times and kind of listening to the female players and their views on this idea of all white uh, at wimbledon the whole time um mark uh, also saying and <laughs> tend to I think he's saying. Uh, Hi Sinead, I'm definitely not qualified to comment on this subject, but would would a female just wear a tampon just in case? Yeah, well, you see, this is what we were talking about as well. It's, you know... Look, it's not always reliable. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like this idea of... You're, you're always going to be fearful that you are going to leak maybe particularly if you're going to be wearing all white it's just not nice it's not a nice kind of situation to be in and I'm sure there's a lot of kind of panic and discomfort and everything else around all of that so I'm saying just ditch the white you know what I mean just ditch the white Wimbledon anyway thank you so much for all your comments on that and for your company as always going to leave you with Picture House have a great Monday we'll chat to you tomorrow 11 to 1 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.